Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the sociology staff room. Hello, and well, good morning in England, good afternoon in Australia. Uh, welcome to the sociology staff room. I'm Katie Tyler, and with me, I've got some great guests. I've got two university lecturers from the University of South Wales. We've got Eric, um, who, if we're looking at the screen, on YouTube, he's on the right hand side. Uh, and then we've got Louis in the middle. So hello guys. So hello. please, oh, thank you first of all for giving up your time. Um, can you just tell me, let, just introduce yourself, for those people that might not know you, um, please introduce yourself. Um, go for it, Eric. Hi, um, my name is Eric Sue. Um, I'm a sociology lecturer at the University of South Australia, not South Wales, although South Wales sounds like a lovely university. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I yeah teach sociology and do research um, and across a number of different topics, and uh, some of my research interests include the sociological study of sleep, the social theory of disasters, the social analysis of robotic and advanced AI technologies, and so I'm kind of all over the place <laughs> with my research interests, um, and the same applies also to my teaching, and so um, I'm really glad to be on this podcast, and I'm. Thanks for, for having us on. Oh, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And, and Louis, please. Hi, I'm Louis Everest, and I am also a sociology lecturer at the University of South Australia. And I also work for a research centre that I should give a shout out to, the Jean Monnet Centre of Excellence here at the University of South Australia. And uh, like Eric, I've got pretty diverse kind of research interests within sociology. I look at the sociology of migration and globalization and the structure of state sovereignty and how that's changed over time. So they're the topics I've kind of published on the most in my short career thus far. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, for those people that don't know, obviously, we've, we've, I've asked you to come on because you, you run a, a brilliant podcast. Um, and I think for one, I thought it'd be really interesting to one understand a little bit about your teaching sort of philosophy around teaching, particularly theory. But secondly, is is your podcast and how teachers might be able to use that as part and and students as well. I know I personally um, use it for my own pedagogic development in regards to understanding some of the, th the key concepts that are a bit more complex or a bit more sort of abstract, but definitely to stretch and challenge those students. So, um, so tell me a little bit more, um, Eric, about the podcast for those people that may yeah, not have sure. come across it yet. Yeah. Happy to. Uh, well, we launched the podcast last year in 2022, um, and we were really motivated by the fact that um, we really like theory and we wanted to produce uh, a learning resource, not just for other academics and students, but kind of for anyone. We wanted to uh, put something out there that would help the general public engage with, in a really fun way, sociological ideas and concepts. And so we put together this show and this podcast uh, that really looks at individual theories um, that are noted in the field. Um, and we wanted to present them in a way that was going to be very accessible. So one of the things to know about our podcast is that anyone can listen to it. If you don't know, you know, a lick about the work of Emil Durkheim, that's okay. Through our podcast, you can get a sense of why it's significant to engage with sociological ideas and what these sociologists, what these social theorists are going on about. 
And there's a particular focus on social theory. Uh, both Louis and I are social theorists, um, and we really appreciate social theory because it helps us not just, you know, to think about something. Uh, it also is a tool we can think with. You know, oftentimes mm. when I come across in really interesting empirical studies, they're fantastic. Sometimes um, you get the sense that, you know, it's it's a fascinating study, but you're not sure how you can apply that to something else. It's only interesting in and of itself. Whereas theory kind of is able to join the dots between, you know, various phenomena, um, various time periods. So we, we are really passionate about uh, teaching social theory and um, without rambling too much on, uh, it's also hopefully a fun way to engage with this type of, you know, material. Because oftentimes we think of theory and we think of someone, you know, in a library or in a, you know, in a study room reading a, a text that's very dense and struggling. Uh, but we wanted to kind of put theory out in the open. We wanted to, to, to expose the, the public to it and also do it in a very hopefully comedic and fun way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've noticed that myself and I and see that sort of Louis there nodding um, at the sense that you might have a great sense of humour. For those people that haven't come across it, oh, please just name check it first of all, because we're talking about the podcast. But ultimately, uh, please, Louis, name check yourself there. What, what's the name of your podcast? Sociology of Everything podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way it's just everything, we were... the sociology of everything. <laughs> We were originally Lou and the Sioux, <laughs> and I think we <laughs> yeah, did uh, three or four episodes <laughs> under Lou and the Sioux, and then we thought yeah. mm, people aren't going to stumble across this very easily, so we switched to the sociology of everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and Louis have, and I have had like long discussions about um, kind of how sociology is able to touch upon every aspect of our lives. I mean, most notably the late UK sociologist John Uri once regarded sociology as the most parasitic of all the disciplines because we are happy to go everywhere and anywhere to come up with interesting insights about how the social world works and so that was really the driving uh, force and the driving reason why we named our podcast the sociology of everything because we think we can kind of talk about anything uh, not that we have the disciplinary expertise to talk about absolutely everything we just released an episode <laughs> that uh, that looked at um, Ulrich Beck's Risk Society thesis, and I think Louis at one point talked about farming in a very pedestrian, amateurish way. So <laughs> we're not obviously experts on everything, but sociology does. I thought it was good. Appeal. I thought it was good. You talked about pesticides, so <laughs> and actually those were the examples <laughs> that I had in my head when you were talking. I was like, oh, I wonder what examples I'm going to come up with, um, and that's what I love about it. I think it's, and I'm going to come on to this in a minute about the sort of the challenges of teaching theory. I think. It's, it's really lovely that you make it very concrete. And I think the humour takes away the edge away of the density of some of the sociological theories. I know you're sort of dealing with some of the big debates, such as like globalisation, and obviously you just looked at risk society, uh, obviously the, su the suicide as well, which is obviously quite really, really sort of dense as well in itself. Um, and, it, and the list goes on. And I think both of those combinations just as a listener really help people access that like you said people that don't take sociology but also those people that uh do um just going back to that sort of idea of, of this what why why might be a challenge and how do we overcome those challenges of teaching theory because 
I, I mean, I must admit, for me, as just so you know where we come from as a sociology teacher at A-Level, we have to teach um, the sort of theory and methods bit as sort of as across the A-Levels. And I know obviously that's taught at universities the foundation. Um, and, I, and there's always a debate of when you introduce it. And some teachers teach at the end of the year 13, which is sort of the two years at the end of the course. So it's a two-year course. Some mm. teachers teach at the beginning. And a lot of the students find the sociological theory really, really hard to to grasp so you know how why do you think it's such a big, big challenge but second to that how do you personally overcome that um free for all who would like to talk <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what do you start think? With that one if you like yeah yeah go um, for it i think for me i think there are generally two big challenges i find when i'm uh, trying to teach theory i mean one challenge is just practically that a lot of the theories that we discuss the actual text <laughs> that that is the basis of that theory is really complicated if, if you're going back and you're trying to you know read some of the ideas we've discussed some of durkheim's writing maybe or uh, beck was pretty straightforward actually but there are some of the texts, and we haven't gotten into kind of some of the more postmodern theory, like someone like Leotard or something, but it just takes quite a lot of effort to decipher what's actually being written in these texts. And I think one of the keys to teaching theory is just giving students the confidence that you don't need to understand everything straight away. <laughs> I always say kind of uh, getting the, your grips on a tough idea is kind of like pushing over a fridge. You don't knock it over in one push. You need to kind of rock it back and forth for a while before you can you knock how, that sucker how down. Many, how many fridges uh, are you knocking over? This yeah. is what I want to know. Yeah. I mean, well, um, all the I, analogies are going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I did once help Eric demolish his kitchen in an old flat of his, right. so <laughs> okay. I'm not sure if we knocked over a fridge, but I did knock over a fair bit of cabinetry in that day. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think, I think that that's definitely a big part of it. And in our podcast, for instance, we have a kind of a comical and something that makes me cringe every time Eric does it, but a section called Say What? And the whole yeah. notion that's behind him. Say What was... Yeah, it was taking a section from a text that's quite complicated and, you know, quite difficult to understand and just breaking it down. And in fact, that's something I do in tutorials with students as well. I find the most difficult paragraph we can and we just work through it line by line, just thinking about what each sentence is saying. And often you can really explain it better just by doing it that way. And then the one other thing I'd say as well is a key to teaching theory in general is always just making it relatable, always showing how an idea can help someone understand something else about their lives and about the world around them. And the moment you cross that barrier, the moment you take something from being some kind of abstract, you know, fancy concept to being something that actually helps them understand something about their lives, I feel like that you've won the battle when you get to that point. Mm, that's definitely like the golden nugget there. Like I totally like hear that I think sometimes like you sort of you have that concept and you're like oh what and I think for some of us particularly for the younger students as well um they may have not experienced some of those things yet in their life so that's even makes it harder but obviously like you said that relatability whether that be through film if they've not experienced themselves or um soaps or whatever that might be a hundred percent definitely is there anything else I mean I know you use a lot of humor I know you've got that say what and you've, you've you press the button and you unpick that um but i know also use a lot of humor as well is that intentional or is just that just the pure bants of you two like the the way you sort of communicate <laughs> yeah i i think it's probably um both accidental and intentional um uh, both <laughs> louis and i just really like laughing and mm -hmm. i think oftentimes people think sociology is just full of doom and gloom right like society is awful 
social transformations are creating greater social inequalities. You feel pretty bad sometimes when you finish reading uh, your dense sociological text. Um, but um, there's actually a really great article in Teaching Sociology that I came across a few years ago by Bingham Ooh, and Hernandez. Yeah, it's called Laughing Matters. And it really just uh, you know brought to people's attention the fact that, first of all, sociologists aren't the only ones making um, sociological ideas known, or they're, they're not the only ones that do sociology. I mean, my old mentor, Charles Lemmert, um, also wrote a very you know, eloquently about this in a work called Social Things. Uh, if you've never taken a sociologist course, you still could be engaging in the field of sociology. Uh, and indeed, I think the people that best exemplify this are stand-up comedians. You know, stand-up comedians are constantly taking a sideways look about how the world works. And, uh, and I think when people engage with stand-up comedy, I don't think any of them are thinking like, oh, I can't believe I'm learning stuff. This is so dense. This is so inaccessible. I hate engaging with stand-up comedy. They just, they're, 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 they, they go along with it because there's something insightful about being able to laugh at something. And that's what we're really, really trying to tap into um, in the podcast is to, first of all, make things more approachable. Um, when you can create a rapport with your audience uh, that is not just you know founded on the seriousness of the topic you're uh, talking about, and you're able to just broaden it out to something more enjoyable, then I think that was hopefully what increases engagement with you know in university settings, um, in high school settings, I guess just in general. And one of the things that we also firmly believe in is if your teaching isn't enjoyable to the instructor, it's not going to be enjoyable to, you know, the students. Um, I'm a big believer of that. I mean, that that's it, that justifies for better or for worse why I do so many stupid impressions because it makes me laugh. I was about to talk about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I love it. I love the. Um... Yeah, I, I love the impressions. I was about to say that, but yeah, definitely, you can sense that you love it so much. Um, and as an as a listener, and I'm sure your students feel the same that you can't not not engage with it because of the the humour that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. That's what people say, I think, uh, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what people yeah, say. Honestly, everyone's saying you it. can never You're saying your impressions. <laughs> oh. You should never encourage Louis an impression Louis. out of Eric. You, you, honestly, you don't know never. what you've done. The rest of this you know podcast now is just going to be Trump. But uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, to add to what Eric was saying before, I, I feel the same way about it. I don't necessarily have the research to back up my opinions about it, like Eric. But I, what I will say is that just from experience, I tend to find that when I'm having fun, students have fun, and the students aren't just having fun, but they're listening to me more closely. They're engaging with what I say to a greater extent if i'm kind of flat and not enjoying a shoot or a podcast episode that tends to be the one where in the assignments i'm like well i didn't actually cover that subject as well as i could have i pick it up later on so i think it's pretty simple for me and the other thing i'd say is the way that we often use comedy through our episodes it's kind of two birds one stone because it's often in giving examples to try and exemplify a concept that we're working through I think in the episode on social acceleration, uh, we talk about, you know, social change spinning out of control and the experience of something like going to a Hungry Jacks and not knowing how to order because the systems change every time you go in and something like that. And we're having fun with it, but at the same time, it's helping to kind of really explain a concept that could be quite difficult to understand otherwise. Mm -hmm.
Oh, definitely, 100%. And I think as well, you know, I think you, you touched on so many different important things there, not only the importance of rapport and making things abstract, and obviously like the fact that people are more likely to engage with you. It takes down those barriers as well, because, you know, I know you've, you've introduced yourself as, as Eric and Louis, but ultimately you're doctors, and, and sometimes students will, or, you know, feel that barrier, you know, and there might be that sort of power relationship, and I think it breaks down that as well. So I think for some students, it's like, oh, I, I don't know this, and, and maybe they know better than I do, etc. And like you said, you know, lots of people already engage in sociology. My dad being one of them, he's a builder and he went to the University of Life, he likes to tell me, which is true, you know, and actually his <laughs> sociological knowledge, okay, he might not have the concepts, but he he does remind me of that. So uh, as, um, as often as he can. So, you know, at the end of the day, sociology is everywhere. And that's the reason it's an appropriate title for your mm. podcast. Um, in regards to thinking about sociological theory, if we we know as teachers you know that the importance of it how do we communicate that to our students because i think you've talked about how we sort of teach it but how do we make sure that we, they know the importance of it as well because you know i think sometimes they feel that well they know the concepts they know the ideas but the sort of the theoretical debate sometimes they just they do find it sometimes at this stage that the end of the academic year hard to shoehorn in so like they might be using the concepts but not necessarily relating it to the theoretical debate that core debates within sociology like structure and structuration and some teachers are already sort of quite frightened to sometimes fully stretch the students into those sort of grayer debates in sociology as well um louis <laughs> yeah, look, i think that's a really good question um i think for me the theory sort of comes first for me for some reason. I mean, I suppose I I like social theory, so that's the way it is. But I think for me, theory sort of narrows the field of whatever I'm examining or teaching or anything else. Without a kind of a theoretical basis to something, then a, a piece of research or a discussion of a topic is just way too kind of wide. It could absolutely go anywhere. So, for instance, structure and agency if you're doing a piece of research or if you're writing an essay on a topic, you sort of need to write from a certain perspective in that debate. You need to have some sort of notion on how you are conceptualizing whether people are ultimately free agents or whether they're ultimately confined by structure or, or whatever level along that line they are. So I suppose a short answer would be that I think theories so important because it's a basis from which we start when we understand the world or whether we're writing an essay or whether we're doing a piece of research our theoretical framework is sort of the bedrock from which we work upon so i think it's very important to have that theoretical bedrock and then the other thing eric touched upon it before is that data doesn't speak for itself we only make data and uh you know, our research results understandable to an audience when we use concepts and ideas, when we turn them into a language that people can grip onto and understand. If we think about even popular culture and how certain ideas like gender are described, so many of the big ideas you hear spoken about, like toxic masculinity and things, these are ideas that have a theoretical basis, often within sociology, I'll add as well. Um, and so understanding the theory behind these ideas as well is another reason why it's really important to have a kind of a decent grounding in sociological theory. Yeah, yeah and also no. just to add on top of that, 
Oh, I, um, I think it's really important to not be, I guess, too scared or wary of engaging in sociological debates. And it's, it's just, and that's because we can just frame it in a different way. These aren't like these serious intellectual exchanges that occur that are very difficult to understand. Sometimes they're just discussions. I mean, people have differing views about a whole variety of different things. I mean, people will, will like spend hours watching a video on YouTube if Mace Windu in Star Wars is dead or not. Okay, and someone will say, actually, no. According to this, there's you know this evidence that that suggests he he is dead or he isn't dead. People are interested in different perspectives on things, and it's the same as sociology. You know, sociology doesn't just have these theories that just are produced and then that's it. They're, they are engaged with, they are debated, they're criticized, there's critiques, they're extended. And those, and I think it's the, the real trick is convincing people that those discussions, those, you know, actually, actually they really matter. And, you know, and, and so that's really, I think, something that we really want to stress in the podcast is that, that social theory is a conversation. It's a conversation and it's not just this thing that you just have to do because, you know, you have to understand every nook and cranny of a theory. No, it's helping us understand different perspectives of a particular phenomenon. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like it matters because I think sometimes it feels and it's like this sort of, um, I suppose because, you know, with the sort of stage level we teach at, it's they might not continue as sociologists as such in the commas and go on to university and study it. And sometimes students might find they're doing it because it's in order to pass an exam. Do you know what I mean? Something that's being done to mm. them. And actually, like you said, it's something, it's a conversation, it, it, it matters. It's the stuff that, you know, for, for many of us who love sociology, is the things that we, we're thinking about constantly when we're, when we're engaging in anything. And actually, I, it, it's sort of like, I don't know, I do this as a start of my lessons when I first do sociology is, do you want to take that red or blue pill, like that matrix idea? Um, mm. And it's cool if you don't, you know, for some ignorance is bliss, you know, and but if you're going to come on a sociological journey, it, it's doing it fully and fully immersing yourself in that. Um, and so it isn't something that's just done for a result at the end of it. It's more of a process that will stay. My students actually say to me, um, I can't watch a film the same anymore. Like you've ruined, <laughs> you've ruined films, but they're sort of going in there and now, you know, looking everything through a sociological lens. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, like you said, it's those discussions and that enjoyment that comes from those discussions and those debates as well. Um, sorry, Louis, are you going to say something? No, I've just got to passionately agree with you. And um, it is, I mean, that goes back to kind of C. Wright Mills' sociological imagination. It is one, the, the, one of the important things about the theoretical concepts is that they sensitize you to things in the world. It's through mm. those concepts and ideas that you learn. It's through the different, you know, topics we discuss in our podcast, but sociological theory more broadly, that you get that sociological imagination. They're, they're like tools in a toolbox that you can then use to understand your world around you. Um, and yes, I think particularly in our current world and where a, a kind of critical awareness, being able to decipher <laughs> the quality of information, being able to understand how you're being influenced by the forces and the structures around you. It's never been a more important time to have an awareness of some key sociological concepts and theories. Yeah, oh, uh, sociology isn't just about teaching you what you should know. It's about think. <laughs> it really helps people think more critically about how they should interpret what they know. 
And mm. so really it's kind of a process and not just, you know, rote learning, because I, I think it would be very sad if we reduced sociology to really just, you know, a bunch of figures and facts uh, about, you know, how the world works. That's not the goal of it. The goal is to help us view things from different perspectives. Yeah, definitely. And I think for us, I don't, I don't know if you know too much about sort of at the A levels, but that's definitely true for the sociology A levels as it stands in assessment. That you can't rote learn something. That actually a lot of the concepts are mapped across the topic. So actually, it's getting you to really think sociologically and really use that sociological imagination um, in that room. And and hopefully that extends outside the classroom, outside the exam. That's sort of the, my personal wish for sociology students. I'm conscious of time, but I would love to just end on one question. If it's, I mean, it's gonna be hard, cause I reckon, cause I'm, you're, you're saying like you love your sociological theory. If you could like, I don't know, be stuck in a lift with, not that anyone wants to be stuck in a lift, don't live on an island, that's probably better than a lift, hasn't it? Cause that's like potentially mm -hmm. be um, quite exhausting just being in a lift, but, um, or dinner party maybe. Um, who would you, Eric, be your favorite sociologist to speak to and why? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I, first of all, I will say one thing. Um, I'd probably choose someone who isn't around anymore. And that's just because in my experience, some of the most prominent sociologists still are very generous with their time. <laughs> you know, the opportunity to talk to um, very prominent sociologists is something that I think people shouldn't overlook. Uh, especially students, if you are interested in doing further study or you just want to know about, more about someone's work, just write them an email, you know. Um, but in terms of a person that I would like to um, just hear more about, I'd probably say like someone like Adorno, I would, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what uh, Adorno produced in numerous works. Uh, he drew from many different um, traditions, but I think what, what I really like about his work was he was always very interested in being publicly engaged. Um, obviously, he survived the horrors of the Second World War. Um, and also, uh, interestingly enough, he didn't just say, all right, I'm safe. He was really concerned that it was going to happen again or that it is happening. Something like that could happen in a place like the U.S. where he ended up. And so I think it would be interesting just to hear his thoughts about what's happening today in, you know, 21st century. What would he make of people like Trump? How could Ooh. we use his insights and theories uh, to explain what's happening? But also, how would he maybe revise some of um, his ideas of, you know, the rise of authoritarian personalities? Um, how, how, how would he make, what would he make of pop culture? I mean, pop culture is something he wrote about in the 60s and 70s uh, when he produced his work about the culture industry. What would he make of social media? There is so many questions I'd ask him. And the other thing, lastly, I'll just um, say about his work is, uh, I don't remember who it was, uh, but some someone once made a very astute comment about his work. They said, nothing is true about his work except its exaggerations. So meaning his theories can sound quite out there, very abstract, but sometimes that abstractness helps us better understand something about what's happening in the world. It's not just, he wasn't just writing to be, you know, difficult to understand. He was trying to make a point. And sometimes you need to develop a radically new type of language to explain radically new phenomenon, a radically different phenomenon. Mm. Thought That's a podcast you. in itself, isn't it? That could be your podcast, your next one. Go for it, Louis. 
Um, it's a, that's a difficult question. I think for me, it probably depends on what mood I am and what I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe someone like Zygmunt Bauman would probably be someone who would be really interesting to have a chat with. Uh, Bauman seems like such a classic kind of sociology, uh, you know, professor. I think he would have been a very cool person to speak to. And he's someone whose work I've drawn upon a lot in my own work. Uh, not so much his work around liquid modernity, which was his big idea of everything kind of becoming more liquid and less stable as change is sped up and that sort of stuff, but more his idea around wasted lives and how as we modernise and as things change, we produced waste in terms of not just physical waste, but old ways of doing things. And that includes human beings who no longer fit into modern society. We, we create people who are wasted lives, so to speak. And I've used that idea a lot to talk about uh, Australia's migration policies and particularly the way we sometimes treat populations like asylum seekers in Australia and anxieties are about yourself becoming a wasted life, can Bauman argue, can manifest in kind of... Uh, outwards nastiness towards others who are already wasted lives. And I think it'd be really interesting to have a, a conversation with Bauman around this topic. And I'd like to ask him questions about the way governments are responding around the world right now to, to the predicament of people finding themselves out of place in their society and having to travel for protection and safety. Gosh, some deep questions there. I'd, I'd like to be in a, in a room with those conversations for sure. Um, I could talk for you, to you guys for hours and I'm going to continue listening to your podcast, uh, the, the Sociology of Everything uh, podcast, um, because it, it, it's it's great. I, I love the way that you do unpick some of these sort of uh, these concepts, these theories in a sort of more concrete and approachable way. Um, thank you again for your time and I hope you have a lovely evening. And yeah, thank you. That's all I can say. I can't say any more than that. Amazing. Um, Goodbye, basically. <laughs> Thanks very much. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. And good evening. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor to you sock or Instagram at tutor to you sock. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.